Welcome to Humans of LinkedIn, where every story is worth hearing. I am your host, John Welch, and let's get to the episode. All right, welcome, guys, to another episode of Humans of LinkedIn. With me today is Chuck Winslow, right? Is that right, Winslow? That's right. <laughs> Halfway through that, I was like, oh, no, am I, am I, well, is this a different Chuck? Some people say Wilson, so that's... I'm used to that. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Dude, growing up and, and uh, I played baseball and like, you wouldn't think my last name was that hard to, to get right, like Welch, but like the baseball announcers could never, and it was all my brothers too, had the same problem. It was like Welsh. One time, oh, and for some reason they'd always spell it wrong too, like when I got my jersey made, one time it literally came back Welchel. They just added an E-L to my last name. <laughs> I was like, what is, like, I'm serious, like it would come back missing the H, it would come back with an S-H on it, like. Every year we had to ship the thing back to the company. And like, I'm talking people with like, you know, seven syllable last names with like, you know, more consonants than vowels, they'd get their names right. Anyway, my point is, it is weird how just normal names like Winslow or Welch, people are like, what's your name again? <laughs> I do it all the time to students. So, I, and then I just say, well, that's your new name. So we're just going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't, don't correct me. That's, that's now, that's now what you are. You'll be that for the rest of the when semester. When I say it in class, just know that I mean you and we just can move on. <laughs> Just be lucky I'm not calling you seat four, row two. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Number 8675. <laughs> <laughs> right. And serial numbers. All right, so uh, so I met Chuck. Was that last week I met you or the week before? It was uh, recently. Uh, last Within the last seven to ten days, I guess. I don't know. They yeah. all blur nowadays, right? So Yeah, so Chuck and I just had a great conversation. And whenever I have cool conversations and I think somebody can handle a conversation for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes on a podcast, then I say, you want to come on my show? So Chuck said, yeah. It's gracious enough to do that. You want to introduce yourself a little bit, Chuck? Talk about what you do. Yeah. Uh, like you said, my name is Chuck Winslow. I am uh, the owner and CEO of good to go Trailer Sales. I do online-only custom-enclosed trailers. I've been in the industry for 18 years. Uh, started this business about a year or so ago. Um, and really, what I love to do is I love to design trailers for people, whether it be office trailers, uh, race car trailers. It doesn't matter any type of trailer. I enjoy that human connection with the individual that I'm doing that with. Um, up until starting my own business, um, I did that in person and online. Uh, but now I do it all online and with Zoom and Google and every other platform that's out there. I can do it just like you and I are doing it today. I can see you across the screen as we're talking. Um, and I allows the customer to be home, relaxing in their own environment where they don't feel forced to have the certain conversation. And Makes it really simple. And uh, at the end of the day, the really cool thing that we do is we donate back to first responders and veterans. And awesome. to me, that's what it's all about. It's all about giving back to a community. Um, and if we can do that with everything that we do, then we're doing something pretty awesome. That's cool, man. So, I mean, I'm just curious, how on earth do you end up in trailers? How is that like where you end up? Uh, by the whim of an ad in the paper. So <laughs> when I get out of the Marine Corps, my wife and I, we came back to Indiana because this is where she's from. I'm originally from Maine, but she's from here. So we came back here. I hung out for a couple of weeks, really didn't do anything because, you know, I left the Marine Corps. I just wanted to relax. And then I saw an ad in the papers. Sales. Ah, I can do that. Sounds like fun. Racing. Uh, my sister and my brother-in-law did that. I know something about racing. I can take that job. So I interviewed and got the job. 16 and a half years later, I decided to end up going out on my own and doing something the way that I want to do it with my ethics, with my morals, with my beliefs, and with the privilege of saying, I want to donate to here, or I want to go take a day off and go help out this charity, or I want to do a clothing drive or food drive. Now I own my own ship and I can do that. And it's really kind of cool to be able to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So wait, how long were you in the Marines? Uh, four years. 
Nice, man. Did you yeah. go like, did they pay for college or did you just wanted to get in or why, why'd you go in the military? Um, I wanted to get away. Right. I grew up in a, didn't grow up in the best of wealth, I guess. You know, I grew up in a, a loving family, but my parents weren't together and uh, I just wanted to get away and do something different with my life. And I always said growing up when I'm 18, I'm out of here. And uh, thankfully to my eighth grade teacher, Mike Morong, he was my mentor. He guided me as a father, took me uh, on and got me graduated, which was a difficult task at, at uh, hand for him. And uh, I knew I wanted some structure and the Marine Corps was a great structure. My grandfather spent um, a long time in the Air Force. My brother was a Marine at the time. My uncle was a Marine. So it just felt right. And the Marine Corps is the, you know, the top dog when it comes to the military. And I wanted to go there. And the life lessons that I learned in four years, I, I couldn't have learned anywhere else, no matter what. So as far as college, I didn't take advantage of it while I was in. I did a little bit while I was out. Um, did two years and uh, didn't finish. But uh, I learned a lot while I was there. I took those twos and I implemented them today with what I'm doing. I mean, I think it's pretty common for folks who are in the military to just kind of have a leg up. I mean, do you think, here's a question. Do you think that uh, like the military is an experience like a lot of people should have? Like, is it something where, I mean, I, most people I know who are in the military are kind of a different, like a certain caliber of person. Like, is it the kind of thing where you're like, hey, go, go, go in the military for four years, like do that thing, get that experience, right? Like, does it give you a lot of growth as a person or is it more like a, depends on the kind of person you are, whether it's going to be good for you or not? So that's an amazing question because I love this question. So um, to answer your question, yes, it takes a different breed to be in the military, right? You have to have the mindset of I might not come home tomorrow and that's okay because there's other people who are going to go home to their family and loved ones and you're okay with that. Now, I never served in war. I never, I wasn't in during that and I got out right after 9-11 happened. Um, I wasn't able to stay in and whatnot, but so I didn't serve in wartime. But for the people who did, and my buddies who did and the ones who were lost is that they knew what they were doing. It, it was, they signed up, they agreed to that. And that's what they wanted to do with their lives. Now, as far as the military, I think everybody should serve. I think we need to reestablish what the military is. Um, I think we need to look at people with disabilities and how they can serve and wear uh, their name on their chest and their country on their chest and be proud of that. Um, and so with so many things with technology, there's people in wheelchairs that could be serving in our country. Uh, our country's military, if we just re-looked at how they were able to earn the title of, uh, whether it be the Army, the Marine Corps, the Navy, Coast Guard, uh, what it, what have you. So, but, and I think on top of that is what we should do is we should be paying for someone to go to college full, full four. So if you give me four years in the military, I'll pay for two years of college no matter where you want to go. You want to go to Harvard? You can get in. The government will pay for it because you gave me four years. You do six years. We'll give you four years. You do eight, Interesting. so okay. on and so forth. And so I look at as a pathway to uh, making our country stronger through education. Um, and yes, people will join just because of that reason. And that's okay, because at the end of the day, once they get through boot camp, it doesn't matter why they joined. They are a different person and they will be for the rest of their lives. So no, it doesn't yeah. matter why somebody joined, whether it was a judge telling you it's either jail or the military, like it used to be back in the day or whether you're doing it because your military, your family did it, or you're doing it for college benefits. A lot of people do it for college benefits and that's okay. But after those eight, nine, 13 weeks, depending on what branch of service you're in, you're a different person. And then no matter why you joined, your mindset is completely different and you're serving for another reason at that point. Dude, that's freaking awesome. That's a really cool, it's a cool answer. I started to get to know some people that are in the military and it just, to me, it just strikes me as 
it just seems to do something to somebody. I think it's just one of those like being part of something bigger than you, right? Like that seems to be the, it's like, it just kind of humbles you a little bit to realize that like, you're not the center of the world. <laughs> but yeah, the world doesn't revolve on you, revolve around you. And it teaches you to be a servant to others. Um, I'm a spiritual person. I'm not a real religious person, but I do believe in serving others. And for me, and I've been evaluating this over the last couple of years is what makes me happy as a person. It's when I can make someone else across the table happy, right. whether it's I did a kind thing, I helped a woman with a door, or I helped a, somebody put their groceries away, or I helped a child at school. Um, it doesn't matter, right? Every day I set out, how can I make a difference in one person's life? That's how I live my life every day. So, I mean, that's just what the military in, in a way kind of instilled in me is you have to give back. It's not about you. It's about others. And that will stick with you forever. It doesn't go away just because you take the uniform off. And yeah. the thing about the military, like you said, it's a long lasting thing. If you're, I'm in Indiana. So if you see somebody in an IU hat, right, you might say something, you might not, but I promise you seven out of the times a veteran sees a veteran with a hat, or you see somebody with another military branch, you say something because right. that bond is going to be with you forever. Fraternities, sororities, they kind of last a little while. But military, I'm going to be a Marine until the day I die. And my kids are going to be the son of a Marine until the right. day that they die and so on and so forth. And there's going to be stories that are told. Um, and it's just a different beast. Yeah, that's so true. My, I mean, we use, we have USAA, right? Both my, on both my parents' sides of the family, my, my dad's, uh, my dad's dad was a, um, was a pilot in World War II. And my dad's mom or my mom's dad was, um, in Pearl Harbor. He was at Pearl Harbor. Amazing. So like definitely like military history and, and we use like USAA and it, it is true. I mean, it doesn't matter that I never even really knew those guys. You know, I, I kind of knew my, my mom's dad, but I didn't know my dad's dad at all. He died before I was born. Um, it doesn't matter like that tradition, like it's a part of our family. Like no matter how you shake it, it's a part of our family that, that, that those things went on. I mean, literally we shot a video for our, we had a, we, whenever we have a new client sign up, we send them a video. It's like an intro kickoff video and, and, uh, it's pretty goofy. It's me in the, in a blinding snowstorm running in, in a flight suit, but it's literally my grandpa's flight suit. And it's like that my dad's had in his closet for, you know, since my, since my, uh, my grandpa died. And, uh, so it's just, it's just crazy. Like you're right. It, it totally, it totally sticks with you. Now, you you mentioned, uh, I think it's fascinating how you mentioned at the beginning that you like the trailers because of the human connection. And I have this kind of theory that like the reason anybody gets into anything is for that reason, but like nobody could predict ahead of time what on earth that, sh like what shape it's going to take. Right. So like, when did you find, like, when did you figure out that you could be, do something like trailers, right. And, but like the thing about it that gets you excited is the fact that it's like working with other people, right? Like how do those two things mesh together? So it took me a long time, right? I didn't, I mean, I'm 41, almost 42 now. I'm still trying to figure out who I am over the last 24 to 36 months, roughly. I've been really dialed into that. When I turned 40, I really wanted to figure out who I was and what the next chapter of my life was going to be. Uh, my wife was diagnosed with kidney disease in 2018, and that really kind of made us uh, evaluate where we will be in life. And right. so... Um, so it took me a while. Um, you know, I won't lie at the beginning. It was all about the money was good. Right. I mean, I was making really, really good money. So at the end of the day, it was just sell it, get it, move it. Right. 
Um, But as I learned the business and I learned about designing and the more times that I sat on the phone with a customer or in person with a customer and I designed something for them and then I got to see the end product and I got to see or have a discussion with them about it, um, how happy they were that what they and I talked about, their envision truly came to fruition and they just, that feeling is really cool. And then if you would have known me as a kid, you would have said I was probably the least creative person you ever met in your life. But now I'm super creative because now I can look at a something and I can envision that as a, a mobile unit on the road, taking that business mobile, a doctor, a bakery, a chiropractor, it doesn't matter. Um, and then, you know, I can sit down and then envision how to plan that for them. Or I can see, you know, uh, a current trailer that somebody has and go, well, you're utilizing it like this, but how can I make it better for you? How can I utilize the same amount of space you have and rebuild something for you new because you're, you know, some people have limits of how big they can go, but because whoever built it for them before didn't really put much thought into it and just kind of threw everything in there. And right. so maybe they're not maximizing the space, what they have. So next time they build that say 28 foot trailer, I want to help them maximize that space so they can get more use of it. A lot of people are turning them into multi-used items, right? One guy will buy one for his business and then turn around and use it for racing as well because maybe he has a landscape business and he wants to use that venture for it, but he also wants to be able to use it to take his race car. And so I work with them to try to maximize the ability for their business and for their personal life to use that trailer and not have to buy two trailers, which at the end of the day saves them money um, and allows them to put more into their business or their passion of racing. Yeah. So could, could you make like a tiny house house out of a trailer? Yeah, I could. I mean, if you can haul it behind a vehicle, I can almost trailer. (laughs) Yeah. If you can haul it behind your truck, I can build it for the most part. I mean, I'm not going to say I can build anything, but, um, 18 years, I have a lot of connections to people in the industry. So even if I don't sell that product or I don't have a manufacturer that builds that product, I have connections in the industry I can go to, to help a client. And if I can't help them, I'm going to give them to somebody else who can, because at the end of the day, it's about making sure that they get taken care of. And will that re- will they remember that down the road? Yes, they will. And they'll come back to me maybe when they need something else. Yeah. So, you know, I, anybody I meet who I who knows anything or who's accomplishing anything to me is definitely probably made a lot of mistakes because that's how you learn. Right. So I'm curious, like if you could pick like three or it doesn't have to be that many, just like what are some of the biggest areas in your life where like you made a big mistake, but it was something that ended up like transitioning into like growth for you and took you in like the next level of your life. Um, wow. Per- business, personal? Doesn't matter. So when I came back from overseas, I found out that uh, someone I was engaged to had been uh, not so faithful. And, yeah. uh, tossed a lot of my money out the door and wasted a lot of my money and put me in debt. And so for a while it taught me to honestly not to trust anybody, which is not who I am as a person, right? (laughs) I'm a very, I'm a, I trust you to give me reason not to trust you person. So if I just meet you on the street, I'm going to trust you hundred percent. Right. So, but it also kind of, which I like, so I guess maybe I'm taking this in the wrong way, but I, um, it's made me more of a quick decision maker which has helped me, I think, in my business life. So kind of a, to kind of spin that. Um, so after that, I came back from overseas. Um, I was on a what's called a MU, 
uh, Marine Expeditionary Unit, and you float on the water for nine months and protecting the Middle East, uh, the Mediterranean, sorry. Um, in case something goes wrong, you're, you're there and ready to go. So this was before 9-11. I'm not sure how they do it anymore, but so every, there'd be two of those every year that would go out. Um, and so I was out there in the, in the, uh, in the fall, came home in the spring, obviously that happened. And, and so what I mean by it made me a quick decision maker is I met my wife and then 20 days later I married my wife. Right. So I, right. Cause I had been burned. Right. So I said like, you know, why not let's shoot for the stars and see what happens. Right. And, uh, and so that was my, I call, I say my best close ever. Um, cause we'll be hitting 21 years this summer. So, uh, Congratulations. my best close, awesome. my best close ever, but it made me quicker on my feet. And it made me think about how I evaluated people. But by doing that, I did go back to just trusting anybody and everybody, but I look at them differently and I evaluate people based off of their character, based off of, um, you know, just them as a person. And in my sales life, I'm able to make quicker decisions instead of trying to dwell on things like I did as probably as a younger kid. I thought yeah. about it a little bit longer. I may not have made that decision as, as, as quick. Um, and I think it allows me to be very multitask person. I can get a lot of things done because I'm able to make quick decisions quickly. I can evaluate things. I can look at them and move through them. And I know it's a far stretch, but for me, you know, that was something I overcame a long time ago. And I think it's just made me a better person because of what happened. And that's fascinating. I think that, cause I mean, that doesn't necessarily follow. Like at first you're hearing that and it's like, I, you know, I wasn't thinking, like I was thinking that doesn't necessarily make sense to me at first, but actually, I mean, I think it's one of those things where a lot of times those, to me, it's like, okay, you want to make sure you get it right all the time. And it's like when something like that happens, suddenly your mind kind of just instantly grasps the reality that you, there's, you can't protect yourself from like getting it wrong. Like, right. So it's like, you're just going to go, you'll survive on the other side, but like, right. I mean, if I'm when you're in a deep relationship and realize I got it so wrong, <laughs> then your mind is just kind of like, all right, what's like, I got to just move. Cause yeah. I'm going to, I can't get it right. I mean, when I say I got it all wrong on that, I mean, I got it all wrong. Right. I gave up my family. I gave up all my friends for that person. Right. So when I, so that was like a real eye opener for me. Right. So just like you said, like I got it all wrong, but now I'm like, mm. so I'm not afraid to make mistakes. Like, yeah, that that's the whole thing. Now I don't care. Right. If I make a mistake, Hey, I'm Chuck, I'm human. Right. I made a mistake. Did I learn from it? Cool. Move on. Yeah. And, you know, when you're when you are where I used to work, you know, I'll leave the name out. But where I used to work, you know, I'd have, you know, six, seven salespeople bouncing through my door all day long, talking to me multiple times and I'm making multiple decisions. I promise you, if that didn't happen to me, that would not have been possible because I trans I transitioned from one person to another when that happened to me. And I was able, and that's why I say my daily life, I'm very multi, I do a lot of things and, um, and I'm comfortable with the decisions I make. And I think that's a big part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I can, I can totally see that. That totally follows. Um, that's pretty cool. So where, like, where are you going? Where's the, like, obviously we all have our business goals, but like, I'm honestly more interested in Chuck as a person than Chuck as a, as a business owner, like what's the, what's the future you'd like to see happen? Like, where are you trying to get? Um, more and more involved in my community. Um, I answered a question last night. Someone asked me, I was on a podcast with, uh, Lisa May and Eric Lee, the co-founder of LinkedIn. And, um, Whoa. the question was asked to me 
like, what's your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be when you leave? And for me, it's I want people around my kids and my wife to say, I remember when he was coaching or he coached my kid or I remember when he was volunteering here and he did this or he taught me this. Like for me, that's where I want to go. I want to be more and more involved in my community. So as I grow as a as a business or businesses, whatever my venture is, whatever I'm doing in my life, like that's going to be a huge part of what I want to do. Now, it's last year was supposed to be a big thing for me with it. And then obviously COVID hit. But, you know, so for example, like right now, so when we started my business, I started with $25 in the bank, but I still had a mission of giving back to veterans and first responders. How do I do that? I started clothing drives, food drives in my local community. People drop off stuff at my house and I deliver it down to the HVAF of Indianapolis and they help homeless people find jobs. They help help them get clothing, the food. Um, I got local schools to donate 250 backpacks. We were able to fill those and give those to, to the homeless. I mean, it's, to me, that's, that's awesome. what it's about. Like teaching kids. I take kids to, um, there's a community here. They give back every Christmas um, where kids, parents tell you how many kids they have and they give you a ticket. You get to come in and buy, you know, pretty much get toys for your kids. And so I would take my soccer team and we would do that and we would help out with that. And a kid that I had that was a very tough kid, I'm, you know, nothing ever is going to get to me. I'm, I'm a tough cookie, comes up to me and he says, I've never felt this way in my life. And uh, at that moment, at that time, I knew that I have affected him. I've, I've affected him for the rest of his life. It is going yeah. to change. That moment changed his life forever. And for me, that's where I want to keep going with my life. Those are the things I want to keep doing. Not sure where I'll end up, but um, I've been spending a lot of time this year since uh, the new year on LinkedIn, connecting with people, um, making human connections. I have roughly eight to 10 of these, or eight to 10 Zoom uh, videos a week that I meet with people. And I just, just to connect with them. How can I help them? How can they help me? How can we help others around us? And I just feel like that is where I keep getting pulled to. And so I'm just going to keep going and, Whatever the chips fall, that's where they fall. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, growing up, my we, I played baseball, like I said, and my dad uh, had an assistant coach that coached with him for years, and he's he's our mechanic now, right? Like, he opened his own mechanic shop, and we all take our cars to him. And, I mean, that kind of thing to me is just what it's, what it's really all about. I mean, honestly, if I had to pick one thing that I think is probably the biggest just bummer of the of the modern world, and I think especially of social media, is the fact that it like pulls us, it can pull us closer together, but I more often see it pulling people farther apart because they get focused on relationships that aren't around them, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I'm on Facebook and like I'm connected to all my friends I went to school with. And like, you know, the reality is I, I just found out that a kid I grew up with one, like a kid I was good friends with in high school lives literally like a block and a half from me. Oh my God. <laughs> like we're both, you know, we're the same age. Like he's got a wife and kid that's a, you know, a little bit younger than my son. Right. And it's like, what the heck? Like, right. It's like, I, I know what, I know what somebody I went to school with six years ago who I'm never going to see in my life had for breakfast this morning. But I didn't know that, a, that a good friend of mine lived a block and a half away from me. Yeah. Right. It's just like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, 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 I actually turned my personal social media off at the first of the year. So I don't use it anymore. I wanted to focus on my business. I wanted to get away from all the negativity in the world. And I just wanted to like recharge myself. And so I decided to get away from it. I, I've checked it three times since the first year, make sure there was no family issues that I needed to, but they all have my phone number. Right. And for me, it's, it's been better because of that, right. You don't get that human connection. You get that 
weird. I, it's a weird connection, right? Because there's people like it's you said, there's people, there's people on my <laughs> Facebook group or on my Facebook that I don't really know from high school, but they're on there, right? Yeah. Because they're class of 98. So, you know, oh, okay, I must know them, right? But uh, I, you're right. I don't know what they, but I don't know what one of my friends had, you know, or where one of my friends has been for the last week. But I know what, like you said, somebody 1,500 miles away from me, I know what they're eating today. Right. It's it's pulling the world apart in a way. Um, and for me, I'm trying to get back to actually meeting people and uh, having that human connection with my community and really getting my kids out involved um, and getting them to understand that it's very, very important that no matter how you serve and no matter what you do, if you just do it with the right attitude and the right mindset of you're doing it because you don't want anything in return. You just want to actually help somebody. It doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's you're volunteering at your church or, you know, you're out next door helping your, your elderly neighbor shovel their driveway because we're getting snow and, you know, you don't want them doing it. Like, right. That is so important. And I think we've lost so much of that, that I'm just trying to put a little bit of it back out there. That's amazing. I, I couldn't agree more, Chuck. It, it is really a shame how, and I mean, I'm, I'm one of the, right. I'm, I've realized there's so many like values I grew up with that over time, because of the way the world works, you just start to think like, Oh, this, th- these things don't matter anymore. But then suddenly you realize, no, they really do matter. That's these things missing is what's missing. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, my, my mom used to have people whenever she had a kid, like a whole, all of our, you know, the whole church were, were, were very Catholic and like, you know, 20 or 30 people from our church would make dinner and bring it over, you know, like they'd take, and it's like, I never see that kind of thing anymore. And like when, when people we, we know do that, it's like somebody sends them like a gift card and it's like, you're they like, that's not the same thing. It's not even about the money. Like it takes two seconds for you to, for you to get on Amazon and send somebody a gift card. Like make a meal for them, like put some time in, like care about people. And you know, it sounds silly, but it's like those things missing is I think what's missing from all of the community now. Yeah. Let me tell you a story. So I have to tell this story. So about six years ago, um, me, not the brightest crayon on the box, decided to um, uh, put a ladder up against my um, house and put a blower on my back and put flip-flops on and try to climb the ladder to get on the roof. Um, needless to say, I fell, broke my ribs, collapsed my lung, ended up in the hospital. My friend Wes, I mean, this is what personal connection is about. He comes in with a blown up walker with these balloons and he hands them to me to, you know, just obviously be funny. I said, it's your 50th birthday, right? It was like, you know, that was like 34, 35 at the time, whatever it was, but it was just that I never expected him to show up at the hospital while I'm laying there, you know, with a tube in my chest. Like it was what I needed when I needed it. And that human connection, if you don't have that, like if somebody would have sent me a gift and said, Hey, here's some flowers. I would have been like, cool. Yeah. Thank you. But you live 20 minutes away. You couldn't come say hi or, you know, whatever the situation was. And while he's doing that, his wife's making us food and cake and it's being delivered to our house while we're, you know, it, it, to me, that's what it's all about. Like people like that and surrounding your life, uh, your life with people like that. It doesn't matter about the other stuff. You know, the, the people that want to send the gift cards or the people that don't want to show up at yeah. some point, people I think are going to need to make a decision to teach almost in a way to teach others that this is how it should still be done. And we need to stop doing it the other way. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That's awesome, dude. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show, Chuck. This, is, this has been an amazing conversation. I like to end these um, 
Like what's, what is a piece of, if there was, if you could pick like one thing that's like a mantra of your life or like a kind of advice or some, something, a wise word, whatever it is that you like live your life by, like what would that, what would that be? Uh, live your life with no regrets. So every night when you wake your, uh, lay your head down, do I have any regrets? If you don't, you're good. Because if the good Lord lets you wake up the next morning, you're starting your day fresh. Whatever happened yesterday, I promise you, you cannot change it. But what you can change is today. You can change someone's life today. You can put a smile on someone's face who's having a bad day. It's that simple. And for me, live my life with no regrets. Wake up every day if the good Lord lets me put my feet on the ground and go and make someone's life better. Awesome. That's amazing. All right. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, what if somebody's sitting here going, hey, I want a trailer. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, if you're looking for an enclosed trailer or anything trailer related, you can check me out at g2gtrailers.com, at g2gtrailers on Facebook, Instagram, or you can give me a call, 463-204-8050, and I'm happy to help you out. Awesome. All right, guys, you heard it here first. When Chuck blows up, just know that he was on Humans of LinkedIn before he was cool. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for coming hey, on, Chuck. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that, you can find more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. You can also find us on the web at skymousestudios.com, where we build one-page websites that help you get noticed. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.